to Exodus chapter number 6. And tonight we're going to speak on the subject of our godly heritage. Our godly heritage. Uh, Exodus chapter 6, please, and verse number 1. Let's pray. Father, I pray and thank you for this wonderful heritage that you've given to us. This great and mighty block of truth, this great text of truth, this wonderful book that we have to tell us all about God. We thank you for the history of it. We thank you, Father, for the accuracy of every word in our Bible. And we ask God that you'll help us to live in it and use it and understand it and bring light to our pathway and a light to our a lamp to our feet. And God, we pray that you'll keep that light in our hearts. We live our lives constantly by the word of God. And we thank you that you've given this heritage to us. And what, what an inheritance we have. What an incredible thing that you've done for us, Lord, to give us uh, an understanding and a view a little bit of knowledge and understanding about the, about the past, giving us the whole entire Old Testament and all the New Testament. And thank you for that, Lord. We are a blessed people. And we don't want to count it as nothing, Lord. We don't want to throw our heritage away. And so we thank you for it. We recognize it. And Lord, we thank you for the fact that you are going to uh, have us joint heirs with Christ Jesus one day in the future. And we're looking forward to everything. God bless us now. Help us to have a great outlook, a great attitude. Help us to be uplifted. And God, we, put, we, we pray you'll put light in our dwellings. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Exodus chapter 6. Now let's, uh, let's look at now something happened here um, about this godly heritage we have. Let's look at verse number 1. Then, then the Lord said unto Moses, now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. I appeared unto Abraham and unto Isaac and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan and the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians." And I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give you for, give it you for inheritance. I am the Lord. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit, 
<clears throat> and for cruel bondage. So we have here the story where Moses was told by God, tell the people that I'm going to give them the land. I want you to go and let them know that I'm going to give this land to them for a heritage. They went in and inherited the land of Canaan. All the land that Israel is in right now belongs to them. If you go by the boundaries of the Bible, it's to the river Euphrates all the way down to the Sinai Peninsula and to the east, uh, yeah, to the west is the ocean. That, that whole land really actually uh, belongs to the Israelis, the nation of Israel. So now they've been squeezed into this little piece of property. But one day they're going to be freed even from the bondage of their brethren. Now, you and I, we can look into this and we can see it from, from a point of view that they didn't get to see it. It's a very serious lesson that we need to realize here uh, in this small portion of Scripture. And the, the lesson is this, as you, as you realize, they didn't really care what Moses said. They were under the bondage, right? And look at verse number 9. Um, it says, Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but... They hearken not unto Moses for anguish of spirit. So they didn't even listen to him. They didn't, they didn't really care what he said. Uh, because their hearts were broken and they were under bondage. Now you can understand how that would be. If you're a slave in a, a foreign country and, uh, and they're, they're, they're making you make bricks and uh, they're, they're whipping you and, taking, uh, and, and uh, killing your children and whatnot. You can see how terrible this was. Uh, but there's a lesson in here for us, and that is this. Never get so discouraged with the present conditions that your faith in the future is damaged. No matter what we go through now, it should never damage your faith for what God said is going to happen. And that's a, that's a big uh, request from, from God. Ne never let your per present circumstances get you so discouraged that you can't believe what God said for the future. Now, they, they just like you and me, sometimes we, uh, we sometimes we don't, <clears throat> we don't know when the Bible's going to actually happen. We have so many promises in the Word of God. But we have a heritage that's been promised to us. Don't give up on God's promises. Amen? Don't give up on that. Just because things aren't actually happening the way you and I hope they would <clears throat> or, or at the speed in which you think they should, and the present circumstances should never get us so discouraged that we stop believing that God said things are going to happen. So your future should not be discouraged, uh, uh, damaged by your present condition. Um, I remember one time I really wanted to serve the Lord. I had graduated from college and I was working at the shipyard down in San Diego. And my wife and I had just been married recently. And I think uh, about a year later we had... Uh, Juliana, I can't remember exactly the time frame, the chronological order, but I was working at the shipyard, and uh, so I got discouraged, and uh, so I would take my lunch, and I'd go into what they call a boat locker, and that is where they uh, take all the, the uh, big, huge line. You don't call them ropes in the Navy, right, Brother Tim? They call it a line, uh, mooring lines. Uh, they had them all numbered. They'd throw them in this shack. And it was real dark in there, you know. Uh, it, it was just a, uh, just kind of a, a secluded place I could go. And uh, the present condition of my life was that I I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. So 
I began to have lunch in there and get my Bible out and eat my lunch and, and uh, read my Bible for about, I think they gave us a half hour lunch. So for, for a long time there, I'd just go into the boat shack. Nobody was in there. Nobody knew where I was. I'd just steal away in there and sit there. And I found myself uh, bawling, crying, weeping, whatever you want to call it. And I was asking the Lord, Lord, I, I, I thank you for this job. I want to, I want to do a good job. But I don't, want to, I don't want to be a welder the rest of my life. And I hope you don't want me to be a welder the rest of my life because, I mean, I really like welding. I, it's fun. I, I really get a kick out of it. Building stuff is really fun. But I felt called to a, a different way of living. And uh, so I, would, I, was in a, I was in a present circumstance, but I had promises of the future, you see. Didn't know when it was going to come. And so after I got done with the shipyard there, I started a window cleaning business. And, and I'd, I'd pray, Lord, I, I, can, I can wash windows with the best of them. I can do the big houses. I can make lots of money washing, cleaning windows with rich people out there and Fairbanks Ranch and La Jolla, California, Pacific Beach and all these great big mansions all around Southern California. Oh, my goodness. I clean, I clean this lady's coffee table. It was made of crystal, $30,000 coffee table. Who does that? Rich people. Anyway, she said, oh, do you mind? Uh, take you mind cleaning my coffee table too i'd love to have that spark no problem she should be careful now that's thirty thousand dollars so uh i put it on a hand truck and uh took it out to my car and so <laughs> i did i did i cleaned it but you know i didn't want to i didn't want to do that the rest of my life either so the present circumstances don't dictate the future to us and what happens is we have been promised a heritage. We have been promised. Jesus is, uh, anybody know what a benefactor is? There's a beneficiary and a benefactor. The benefactor, if I'm not mistaken, is the one who gives the beneficiary the stuff. The heir uh, is, is the receiver of the inheritance. And Jesus says a few things about this in the Bible. Jesus is the benefactor. We are the beneficiaries. He is going to jointly share with us joint heirs with him in glory. A lot of people don't realize that whatever Jesus has in his inheritance, we are joint heirs with him. Now, that's a, that's a big statement. When, when, when you look at what Jesus did for his father and how pleased Jesus made his father, he says, I do always those things which please the father. Who, 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 in, who, who of you can convince me of sin? What, what sin have I ever committed? Oh, my goodness, Jesus never sinned. And he did the law. He completely kept the law and his inheritance. He will inherit the earth. And the Bible says we are joint Heirs with him. There's not just one name on the inheritance. That's what I'm getting at. Now, I've never inherited anything. I don't care if I ever do. I'm just saying that it, it's, it's, it's not just one person that's going to inherit what God has. We are joint heirs with him. The Bible says that. We're not going to turn into gods. Don't get me wrong. Jesus will always be our Savior. He'll always be our Lord. He'll always be the one we praise and worship. We'll always sit at his feet. We'll always learn from him. 
but he loves us. You know, if, let me see, I'm going to tell you something. If I ever did get an inheritance, do you know who also is a joint heir with me? My wife. I was going to say Brother Carlson, but I thought what would happen is I'd have to explain that to my wife. <laughs> What's, now, you know, I, we, we don't have a prenuptial agreement. <laughs> People do that when they're scared of losing everything. But when you start out and you don't have anything, hey, let's just, you got it too. <laughs> we, when we got married, listen, you can drive my 68 Galaxy 500 anytime you want. You know? <laughs> it's just great, uh, you know, not to worry and fuss and fret about money. But if the day ever came when God saw fit to give me an inheritance, uh, it would be my wife's as well. She's a joint heir with me, no matter what. Jesus is the groom, and the church is the bride. And if Jesus loves us like he does his wife, then that means whatever he receives from his father, guess what? We're going to be joint heirs with Jesus because we're his bride. That's exciting. We got something to look forward to. Jesus died, which put into effect... The testament that have you ever heard of a last will and testament? I've uh, I've never heard one read except for on on movies. But uh, let's go to Hebrews nine. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter number nine, we're included, and it's really exciting to know that because Jesus died, now all of uh, what the testament, which would 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 call the Old Testament and the New Testament is the last will and testament, if you will. And so we have been uh, heirs with Christ. Now watch what it says here in uh, verse 15. It starts out and it says, And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Eternal inheritance. Now how do we join in with everybody that has been um, in the first testament, the will of God and the inheritance? Remember, remember God wanted to give Israel everything, didn't, didn't he? He said, but I'm going I'm to have to disinherit you because of unbelief. But the Gentiles will receive me. And because you've been saved, because you believe in Jesus, now you are part of the inherit the heirship. The, you're, you're an heir of the inheritance that God was going to give to those that he originally chose. He chose Israel, but they rejected him. But now there's a different people that are going to be the heirs. Everybody follow me? We're going to be receiving what he intended to give to others. They were written out by, by unbelief and we are written in. Now it says the promise of eternal inheritance for where a testament is there. Verse 16 must also of necessity be the death of the testator for a testament is of force after men are dead, 
Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So if you have an uncle and he put you in his will, it does no good until your uncle passes away. And then the last, testament, the last will and testament goes into effect. Everybody see that? That's what God said about Jesus. Now that he died on the cross, the, the last will and testament, all of his inheritance is now effective. And so we will also, we, we, we died to ourself. We, we will die in the flesh unless the Lord comes back. But that we're, going to be, we're going to be the inheritors, the beneficiaries of this will. And what is it? This, oh my goodness, I could go on all night. It's just wonderful. It's a, it's a heritage. Well, how many understand if, if you have an inheritance, it's the best thing probably not to uh, dis, uh, disregard it. Amen? How many, I may have ever heard of that happening. I heard a, a lady on the radio the other day. I think it was Saturday. I was doing a little painting and I heard her say, well, uh, oh yeah, she was talking to Dave Ramsey, you know, the guy, the, the, the guru for finances. And he, he says, uh, 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 hello, she says, hi, how you doing? He says, better than I deserve. And they go on from there. He's, he's like talking to a machine. Anyway, he, he was asking, okay, so what's going on? And she's, well, I just inherited $150,000. And my wife and I were thinking, oh, poor soul. She's got a problem. She doesn't know what to do with 150000 Bless her heart. You know. But they, oh, help me, help me. What am I going to do? I'll tell you what you do with that. Put it, put it in the church and serve God. Amen. But anyway, she wasn't listening. It was over the radio anyway. But what happens is, I don't know anybody who said, oh, no, thanks. Don't want it. Remember, remember this morning? Remember what Esau did? I don't care about that. Man, I'll tell you what. He threw away everything, didn't he? He threw away God. He threw away everything. You know, we have a godly heritage. It's all coming to us. And that is exciting. Let's continue on. <clears throat> it says in verse 18, Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, watch this now, folks, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, <clears throat> saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with both or with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood there's no remission. It was there, therefore necessary that the patterns of the things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. So you know what he did? He took his own blood. And he dedicated the testament and signified and sanctified our inheritance with his own blood. That's why heaven is yours. That's why heaven can't be taken away from you. That's why you can't give it back now. 
you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you don't have a way to get unsaved. If you wanted to be unsaved, you couldn't be unsaved. If you wanted to uh, disregard God, you wouldn't be able to do it. If you wanted to say he doesn't, if you, if you, with all your heart you wanted to become an atheist, you wouldn't be able to do it. Not if you're saved. Because you're saved. How are you going to wipe that out? That's an eternal work of God. I, you know what? I, I can't say, you know, I never was born. I've never been born. I say, hey, Mom. I've never been born. She'd say, oh, yes, you were. I was there. <laughs> you, can't con you can't convince my mom I wasn't born. My soul. That, she went through a horrible time. And I, she was there witness the whole thing. <laughs> you can't say you weren't born if you were born again. Look at Romans chapter 8. Don't mean to uh, get too far into this, but I'm enjoying uh, Romans 8 this morning. That was great. All right, let's go to Romans 8. I just have one verse here. Let's look at it because we're going through Book of Romans in Sunday school. And um, in verse number 17, look at it with me. It says, and if children, then what? Heirs. Heirs, Heirs of God. And what? Joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be, uh, be also glorified together. I just don't think I'm worthy. I don't think I'm going to be able to handle it. If I was to be with Jesus and all the church of God, I don't know what I would do. I don't know how I would act. I, I've... I've I've, I've been blessed my life in many, many ways and many times. I'm just overwhelmed with the blessings. I'm humbled by them. Uh, I don't know how I'll act. In fact, I'd, I'm just going to have to have a brand new body to handle it. I would never be able to just understand and comprehend the blessings of God. That's why God says you're going to be resurrected with a brand new body. And you're going to be glorified together with Jesus. You're going to stand with him. You're not going to be ashamed of it. He's not going to be ashamed of us. We've been living our lives for Jesus. We're serving Him. We love Him. Oh my goodness, yes, everybody's a sinner. Everybody makes mistakes. But when this, when this happens, you're not going to be paying for your sins. You're going to be glorified. He already did that on Calvary. He already, he already paid the price. And when you and I stand with Him as the bride of Christ, and we're ushered together and called together with Jesus Christ, we're going to be mighty glad. And when God the Father shows him all that he's going to receive, we're going to be amazed at what God is doing to, to his own son. And he says, but this is my bride. This is my church. These are the people that believe in me. These are the people that suffered with me, Father. Bless them too. And he's going to be mighty glad that all of these people in, the, in, in Christianity have suffered with his son. The Bible says... Uh, there's, no, there's no separation between Jesus and his bride. He called, he called us his own body. He said, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. He's the one that brought this up. We didn't form this doctrine. God did. God said everybody that believes in Jesus Christ and is saved, 
in the New Testament is considered to be so special and so close to God that he calls us his bride. In Revelation, he says, come, let me show you the bride, the lamb's wife. This is no joking matter. This is, this is no uh, country club Christianity, is it? This is no center of activity and that's it. This is no kind of a, a get together. Hey, this is a church. This is the church of Jesus. He said that. I'm mighty proud, mighty glad. And God has given us a great, great heritage. In Galatians, he says we're the seed of Abraham. Look at Galatians chapter number three. Boy, I'm so glad that God has given us this heritage. You know, that's why I get, uh, I get a little upset with Christians that walk away from God. I get a little impatient sometimes. I get a little bad attitude sometimes. As a pastor, I've seen people ruin their lives so much. I've seen people knock, knock on the door of heaven and just walk, walk away. I've seen people that close to receiving Christ as their Savior and get a phone call or, or get something to arrest their attention and they take off and never see them again. I can only hope that they got saved. I've been, I've been, I've been a pastor now for a long time and I, can't, I cannot believe how many people just throw this away and just trash the Bible and trash their inheritance. And I know God is a lot more upset with it than I am because he comprehends everything. I don't even know how to get mad. I just need to keep my hands on the plow. Amen. Look at verse 29 of chapter 3 of Galatians. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs. See that word heir? According to the promise. So what did God ever promise to Abraham? Did he receive it? He did. He did. He received it. And, and here's the thing. He he sought for a city whose builder and maker is God. He searched for a city. He went into the promised land. Uh, and so all that God promised Abraham, we are joint heirs together with him because we are saved. It's just too wonderful to comprehend. I, ca I can't fathom the depth of it. I don't understand it all. I just know that it's true. And I, all I can do is take for the Bible for what it says. If ye be Christ, are you Christ? You belong to him. Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs, according to the promise. How did we fall into this? How in the world? <laughs> it's amazing. Look at uh, James chapter number two with me real quick. Hebrews and then James. Let's go to James chapter two. Stay with me. Stay with me. I won't be long. Uh, stay with me. Look at this. James chapter two, verse five. Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? And what? Heirs. Heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. We got a kingdom coming. Do you realize when Jesus gave those parables about, here, uh, thou hast been faithful over very little, uh, enter into the joy of the Lord. You've been faithful over a little bit. Here, take ten cities. That's not, just a, that's not just a nice little thought. He's given a parable about the kingdom of God. You stay faithful to Jesus Christ. It's going to pay off one day. Are you with me? It's going to pay off somehow, some way. You're never going to be upset. The day you look back and you say, "Boy, I'm glad I was faithful to the Lord. I'm glad. I'm glad I, was, I'm glad I suffered a little bit for him. Amen? I'm glad I did something for him. 
I'm glad I maybe got into an argument for him. You know, the first time I ever really got ashamed of myself that I didn't know much of the Bible, I was talking to a Jehovah's Witness. We were out soul winning, and I got tied up with somebody that was a really strong Jehovah's Witness. But I knew the Bible talked about hell. I'd read enough of the Bible that I knew that there was a real hell, a place where people actually go. But the Jehovah's Witness don't believe in eternal hell. They think it's just going to burn out and then your soul just disappears. So I was, best way I could, I was trying to tell them that, listen, if you don't get saved, that's where people go. If they die without Christ, they, you know, the Bible does sell, say there's a lake of fire. And I don't know, I didn't know very many scriptures at that time. And I, he turned me around and upside, downside, he squeezed me and man, he twisted me. And I, I thought, what did I get into? I don't even know all that the Jehovah's Witnesses believe. But I do now. But while I was witnessing to him, I got nervous. And my upper lip started quivering like this. Not my bottom lip, just my upper lip. It started going. <laughs> and he looked down at my lip. And he was much taller than I. And I was like, God's, God's going to send people to hell. And, 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 and I noticed you're looking at my lip. Yeah, it's quivering. You know, I, think, I didn't tell him that, but I thought, he sees it. He sees it. It was horrible. I was like, oh, it was so embarrassing. I couldn't get it to stop. I think there's a blessing in heaven for that. I suffered shame and, and, and agony. But you know... Yeah, you know, God knows he was mocked and ridiculed and he was made fun of, too. Now, I didn't have to do that, did I? I don't, I don't, have, to, I don't have to put up with anything. I'm, I'm an American. I, I, don't have to, I don't have to put up with it. If I don't want to get talked down to, if I don't have somebody cuss me out, my goodness, I think, I think my wife and I were visiting somewhere and it was an apartment complex where they had multiple layers and floors. We were on the third or fourth floor. And somebody had their kitchen window open down on the first floor of real, real vicious, violent, filthy-mouthed, unbelieving person. And I was talking to a Jewish man, and I was telling him how glad I was to meet him and that uh, Jesus was a Jewish person and he's the Messiah. And he was listening. He was getting the gospel. And it was a really, just a, a beautiful conversation where we were, we were having a great time. All of a sudden, this guy starts screaming out of his window as loud as he could, and it was echoing through the courtyard all the way up to the fourth or third floor, and he was screaming obscenities and yelling at me and threatening to call the police, and how dare I come and talk to people about Jesus. And I thought, man, what is wrong with that guy? And the guy I was talking to was like, who is that? And we were just shocked at the evil. I think there's a blessing in the, in the Lord. I think the Lord's going to recompense us all for that. I really do. And did I tell you about the lady that slammed the door in my face so hard that it stung? You've heard that story. I, that was like four or five years ago. No, it was over. It was six years ago, seven years ago, something. My face is still in pain over that. I, we're going to get a blessing for doing something for Jesus. He said, you give a cup of water to somebody in my name, you'll not lose your reward. You know, we have a godly heritage. We have an inheritance coming. Salvation, eternal life, eternal inheritance. Turn with me to Ephesians, please. 
Ephesians chapter number 3. I love this statement in Ephesians and verse 6, 3, 6. Look what, look what the Apostle Paul tells us. <clears throat> and he wrote this in prison, by the way. He didn't let his present circumstances dictate his uh, future. Amen. He says that the Gentiles, that's us, should be fellow, what? Heirs. Fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Now, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not, I do, I'm not materialistic. I don't care. I don't, I'm the Bible, the Bible teaches us, you know, possessions shouldn't have you. You should have them. Don't let the possessions hold you, but you just, you, you can have possessions. Uh, 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 Abraham was a very rich man, is what I'm saying. It's okay. But it didn't own him. Now, we're fellow heirs with the Lord, and we're going to have a tremendous, tremendous uh, up and comings, I guess you could call it a recompense of reward. We're fellow heirs. But we're not only heirs of things and material things. Let me tell you, I got to thinking all the blessings of all the people that I've heard preach and all the things that I've got to do as a Christian, all the great meetings that I've been able to attend with my family and, and some before I was married and before I had a family. I got to go to some fantastic meetings and see incredible things. Uh, and then I got to study about the fathers and, and great Christians that have gone before us. I studied about D.L. Moody and Billy Sunday to the point where I can teach about their lives, their biographies, Charles Haddon Spurgeon in London, John Leland at the, uh, <coughs> at, in uh, uh, Virginia when, when we first got our uh, Constitution of the United States, uh, early Baptist churches in Virginia. John Leland was one that was instrumental in giving us the, the writing of the, uh, the First and Second Amendment. George Whitfield, J. Frank Norris in Texas, and John R. Rice, all around through uh, the, the, uh, the Midwest and the Eastern States, and R.G. Lee down in Memphis, Tennessee, <clears throat> Jack Hiles and Bob Gray and Lee Robertson and Lester Roloff and Fanny Crosby, who wrote a lot of our hymns. And I think Adil Moody and, uh, as, I, as I said, Jack Treber, uh, a great man of God, Paul Chapel, my friend Mark Smith, Bobby Robertson who went to heaven, Jason Gaddis in uh, Oklahoma City, Larry Brown in Washington, Iowa, who's now retired from the pulpit, Dan Hawtrey who went home to be with the Lord, Dave Brown in uh, Yakima, Tom Messer, a good friend of mine in, in Florida, uh, Pat Creed who's come, he's in uh, Clinton, Maryland, out there by the Capitol. These are all men with families and great people. And then I think of an old guy in Texas uh, who, who just, in, he just invited me down to, to preach. I, I don't even remember what was it, October. Um, got to go down there and preach for his church in a storefront. That was fun. This heritage that we have, these great people all over America. And we got to, got to see and listen to him preach. I got a letter <clears throat> and a book uh, the other day. I have a good friend of mine who pastored in uh, Bremerton, Washington, over by the shipyard. His name uh, was Bill Wamscons. He grew up in Kansas as a wheat farmer. His dad had the church, and then his dad passed away, and then he took the church. 
And uh, so they had the church, and they, they cleared the whole area of forest area, big old huge uh, fir trees on the property there. And they cut all the tr- uh, trees down there, and they cleared it out, and they logged and, and milled the timber and built the church building out of the trees that were standing on the property. And uh, he's with the Lord now. I just found out his daughter sent me one of his uh, books that they uh, had printed up. And all the time during all this COVID, uh, I think for a year or so, he's been sitting down from 6 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock with his family. And he's been relaying all the stories of the ministry that he has uh, been experiencing all the times when he was a young child. When he was three years old, he was born in 35. And uh, in Kansas, uh, he was, his dad was a wheat farmer. They had no toilets, in, indoor toilets. They had no indoor plumbing. They had a wood-burning stove. They had no electricity, no phone. It was just right after the, the uh, uh, Great Depression. And they were, they were farmers, wheat farmers. So Bill Wamscons, a good friend of mine. So I, I, I was um, visiting his church and... Uh, a long time ago, I think in 1980, the church was thriving. And uh, he was just such a nice guy. He's kind of a, kind of a slow moving, but oh man, when he talked, it was like lightning. Just a, just a piercing preaching. And we, we became friends, just, just, uh, just friends because God put us together. And he said, you know, Tab, I would have hired you, but I just, we, we just didn't have the ability and we had an already staff. I, I got out of college and we just, we just made friends. He supported us when we started our church. And when he got to where he was retiring from his church to go on another portion of his life, the, the day that uh, the new pastor was coming to preach at his church, he had nowhere to go and he called me. He said, would you mind if I came to preach for you? Uh, I said, come on, you know, and he preached at the old building we uh, rented downtown uh, Bellingham and uh, just a good friendship. And then, of course, we have a, a good friendship for all these years now. So let's see, what's that, 30 years, right? 1980, that's 30 years ago, right? Or 40? Whoa, excuse me. I've missed 10 years. 40 years I've known him. And so uh, I got this book. It's a biography and all the stories. And they, they put it in chronological order. And I've just been enjoying reading that so much. But you know, he's in glory right now. And that's part of my heritage. Those friends that you know that went to heaven already, that's part of your heritage. We're not strangers. We're not going to heaven and saying, well, I don't recognize anybody up here. Maybe I'm in the wrong place. No, you're going to know people. People are going to know you. You're going to know Jesus. He's going to know you. You're part of his inheritance. Brother Wamscons, he's with the Lord now. He died in just October, last October. And I was always wondering, I haven't gotten any letters from him. And I sent him a Christmas card, of course, which uh, was uh, was not really all that uh, important. But, uh, you know, I didn't know he passed away. He'd been sick. But that's part of our inheritance. Your church is part of your inheritance. The friends that you meet, the friends that you make, the people that you win to the Lord, all this family of God, that's, a, that's our heritage. It's not just the land. It's everything God has given us. 
Thank God for your Bible. That's part of your inheritance. You know what? I don't ever want, uh, I don't pay much attention to the notes. Amen. I found some more this morning. I was just, <laughs> you know, you'd be pretty safe if you don't have any notes in your Bible, you know, written. I mean, those guys don't know everything. But I memorize the columns, and when I look at the Bible, I only have one way to, you know, I, I'd have to re. I don't know if you got a different Bible sometimes that are situated where the chapters are in a different location. Uh, I'm, I'm memorized by sight a lot. And so, okay, Ephesians 3, okay, that's the, this part of the scripture that's on that column. Okay, down on the bottom. Yeah, okay, bing, I got it. That's how I read the Bible and memorize it and stuff. But after a while, you know, you have to realize this book is part of your heritage. This, you've inherited this. God gave it to you. What a blessing. He gives us each other. He gives us the church. We have an inheritance now, sure, but it's coming. Look at one more verse. Look at chapter number 1, or excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 5. Now, I believe, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, there's, there's, a, um, there's a word, uh, a heritage here. And uh, I believe it's the, the only time it's used in the New Testament. Um, let's look at the elders which are among you. <clears throat> I exhort who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not, not for filthy lucre, but out of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God, God's heritage. There it is. You see that word? <clears throat> that's, that's, this church is God's heritage. You're part of the, the inheritance. Uh, <clears throat> we're all heirs of Christ Jesus. We're fellow heirs together with Christ. This is the heritage of God. He says, but being in samples to the flock, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace uh, to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Lastly, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Isn't it great to be a Christian? A real Christian? Isn't it great to be on the list of people that will inherit the kingdom of God? Listen, this is going to be so magnanimous and so huge. We cannot comprehend it right now. But one day, we're going to inherit the earth. And we're going to inherit everything that Jesus has. Let's rejoice about that. Let's trust Him. And it makes us want to serve Him. Let's bow our heads for prayer.